God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today our text uh, for uh, this fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, they really all come together well. The Psalm, the Old Testament, the Epistle, and the Gospel. I'm going to focus on the Epistle and that first verse, verse 18 specifically. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. St. Paul points out the reality that God's word, his instructions, the way we should walk and live our life is going to seem foolish to the outside world. I mean, just take for consideration the things that Jesus says in our reading from Matthew. Blessed are the poor, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst, the merciful, the pure in heart, our world generally looks at those as negatives. And also the psalmist in Psalm 15, who shall dwell on your holy hill, O Lord? And the psalmist mentions a few things that are odd to our world. In whose, whose eyes a vile person is despised. Don't you know you're not supposed to say anything mean to anybody? Honor those who fear the Lord. It doesn't make sense to those who are perishing. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We Christians really seem to be strange people to anyone who's paying attention. Anyone who's paying attention to how we live and what we do with our lives, what we do with our money, and what we do with our time. The word of the cross is folly, St. Paul says. That word folly, you can hear the word foolish. It's related. But even further than that, it isn't just that the world thinks we're foolish. St. Paul, in the Greek, he says, the word of the cross is moronic. We look like morons. The word of the cross is moronic to those who are perishing. The word of the cross doesn't make sense. It seems pointless. Well, what is that word of the cross that St. Paul is speaking of? What is it that seems moronic to those who are perishing? Well, it is the wisdom of God. Chiefly the fact that Jesus Christ was crucified for your sins and raised for your justification. That even though we don't deserve it, we are not only just forgiven, but we are given an eternal reward that outweighs anything we could accomplish in this life. And that God actually uses our crosses and our suffering to bring that most glorious treasure to our eyes. Now, you might not think that's so foolish. You might not think that moronic, but that is really because you are being saved. However, when faced with crosses in our lives, it might not always seem so foolish to shame the cross. 
We might agree with those who are perishing more than we would like to acknowledge. What do I mean? Well, there are any number of ways the word of the cross seems moronic even to Christians. Here most recently at Emmanuel, we we gathered together for a memorial service for Jean Flemmer, a blessed sister who, who died in the faith. We as God's people, we gathered together, we heard the words of Jesus when he promised as he's being crucified, today you will be with me in paradise. From this pulpit, we heard how God gave that same promise to Jean and to all our loved ones who've died in the faith, that they are in paradise. The outside world says, they're still dead. You're a moron. We mourn our loved ones. We mourn that our sins have caused death and will be the reason for your death the wages of sin is death. We mourn that each of us has participated in sin and the world says, why talk about such sad stuff? Sin is such a downer. Cheer up. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. But the word of cross, the word of the cross, isn't only applicable to death but our daily lives. We Christians, we look pretty foolish even just coming to church on a Sunday morning. Giving up a Sunday morning to come to church and Sunday school, what a waste of time. There are so many other things I could be doing. Or we see the word of cross as folly when we say, oh, I didn't get anything out of Sunday school or church. Yes, time is a commodity. But we come here because this is the most important thing to be, de- to be doing. The word of the cross is proclaimed here. And here, time stands still. We come here because we need something from God and we need each other. Coming to hear God's word The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. The word that leads us to confess our sins, but then also bestows on us real forgiveness, that strengthens us to live better lives. But it might not always be better in the eyes of the world. We come here to confess to Jesus and to each other, Lord, I am poor in spirit. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. The word of the cross is also that promise that God uses your crosses and your suffering to continually teach you meekness or to humble you. The world looks at suffering and crosses as unjust punishment. I don't deserve this. Why am I suffering? And we're tempted to think this too when we even have to suffer for being Christians, even if it's something so small as, even if if it means when people are gossiping and, and speaking about somebody in a negative way and they're not around, even when we might benefit from, from piling on that gossip, but instead we say something respectful and we honor our neighbor's reputation. 
Or even now, as, as we had the March for Life yesterday, as the abortion battle rages in our nation, being an advocate for the unborn or for the sick, to argue and to stand up for those who have no voice. We are willing to carry the cross of others who we don't even know. We are willing to be publicly shamed so that life is protected. And God who gave his son for all life was glorified in doing that. Others think it foolish to speak out. This is the word of the cross. Because when we defend our neighbor, when we speak up against a culture of death, whether it be abortion, euthanasia, we are suffering for the benefit of others. And that's what the cross is. That's what Jesus did. And he said, Father, glorify thy name. And he did. The author to Hebrews said, let us fix our eyes on Jesus who joyfully endured the cross for us. The scorn of the cross. When we are suffering for the benefit of others, just as Jesus did on his cross, Jesus would not put down his cross. He was reviled for it. They pointed at him. They said, save yourself. Satan will yell the same thing at you. Save yourself. Don't suffer. You can compromise. There'll be another time to stand firm. Just right now, trust your reputation. You want to look good in the eyes of the world, don't you? They'll never listen to us Christians if they think we're morons. Jesus says that's foolish. Trust your reputation. You don't want to be called a fool. Trust your 401k. You don't want to die poor. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Even in our psalm today, the psalmist, he writes, don't lend out your money at interest. That's practically a way of life for us Americans. In fact, isn't that what we brag about? I got, I got this much interest last year. Or maybe most of us are lamenting. I got no interest last year. But think of that perspective and just the ridiculous picture the psalmist sets up when he says, the one who walks with the Lord doesn't gain interest. Just think of how foreign that even sounds to us when we pursue, we look for the best interest. Do we... Do we search God's word with the same fervor? Do we look for the treasures of the Lord with that same energy? Jesus says, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven will be so-so. <laughs> Jesus Christ the Son of God says, your reward in heaven will be great. That's foolishness. 
The cross that you carry as being a Christian is about suffering, yes. But it's also believing that God will use it for our good. Because that's what he did with the cross. And that's what appears foolish to the world, doesn't it? To suffer. Why suffer? Why not please your flesh? Why should you submit to one another out of reverence for Christ? Why should husbands be willing to give their lives for their wives? Why should wives submit to their husbands? Why should children have to respect their parents? Why should all young adults live lives of respect and honor? That's foolish. In fact, you should insist on your way every time. Don't give an inch of what you want. So yes, not only in death, but also in life, we Christians even are tempted to think the cross is foolish. Our sinful flesh will agree with the world, but we must fight against these temptations. We must recognize that it's okay to not look like nor sound like those who are perishing. It's not only okay, but it is to our benefit. Look how St. Paul preaches the word of the cross, even in the text to the Corinthians. He says, we preach Christ crucified, not was crucified, but is crucified, a present condition. Christ, of course, is not still suffering, but he stands victorious as the lamb who suffered, who was slain, who even faced death. Christ is preached as Christ crucified because that means you're forgiven, you're safe, you're protected. Your reward will be great. Paul preaches Christ crucified because that is Christianity. And perhaps we've been led to believe for too long that Christianity is about compromising my Christian life and being comfortable in this world. I know I have. Christianity isn't about certain rules or ethics, although it involves those. Christianity isn't about a political party or philosophy, but it involves politics. Christianity is first and foremost about Christ and him crucified. This is what the beautiful benefit of having a cross with the crucified Christ on it. When so many turn away from that and look at it and say how ugly, for us it is the power of God to salvation. What the devil and the world, the Romans, the Jews, and even Pilate himself, they thought the cross was a big mistake. They thought it was the demise of Jesus and his kingdom, but it was actually his greatest victory. Jesus, who is true God, died for the sins of the world. This makes Christ crucified not a mark of defeat, but a mark of victory. And that is why Paul can say we preach Christ crucified, because Christ's cross gives meaning to all of your crosses. Christ crucified means that at your baptism, where you were buried with Christ, he gave you a promise that death will not keep you. Death cannot touch you. The grave cannot hold you any more than it held Christ. 
Christ crucified means that at the Lord's Supper here at this altar, we're able to receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So our crosses are also not signs of defeat, but victory. Christ crucified means that our loved ones who've died in the faith, they're now resting in Christ. Christ crucified means that all the times you've compromised, all the times you've desired to look like those who are perishing, even those sins are forgiven. Christ does not hold that against you. The foolishness of the gospel is not just that we get life after death. It's not just that we get forgiveness instead of condemnation. The stumbling block that St. Paul preaches is that life comes out of death, that strength comes out of weakness. That's why Christ can preach as he does in our gospel from Matthew. Just as people looked at the cross, they thought it was Christ's defeat. It was his greatest victory. So too, for you and the crosses that you carry as you try to stay faithful to Christ, and you must try. Maybe even ponder and consider for yourself, do people consider me a fool for Christ? Am I living my life in such a way that they ask, why do you do that? Well, so too for you in carrying your crosses and trying to stay faithful to Christ. Suffering for his sake is true blessing and honor. And Christ will turn your crosses into your greatest victories. And may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.